informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Good morning from Infinity Festival 2019. I am Christina Heller and I am joined today by BJ, Lauren and Teek. Uh, we all have a little bit of a VR face, if you know what that means, the, the ski goggle imprint on our face because we just came out of a VR experience called Skate Power by Jeff Stanzler and Lauren Brooks. Uh, fresh, out of the sh- fresh out of the cage, how do you guys feel? Fr- free again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without giving too much away, the experience takes you into two different realities. There are four of us, and two of us were put into a leftist dystopian future, mm-hmm. and two of us were put into a right-wing dystopian future. Uh, to begin with, I'd be curious why everyone picked the side that they they wanted to see. I, I noticed that everybody wanted to see the leftist dystopian future a little more than the right-wing. Any Any reason for that? Well, being a left-wing activist, I wanted to see the left-wing dystopian future, which predicted violence on the part of left-wing government, because we're so sure that it's got to be nonviolent. The revolution has got to be nonviolent. So unfortunately, because of the way we broke out, I couldn't do that, and I had to go into the right-wing. Got it. Got it. What about you guys? Why did you pick the side that you picked? Well, I, I should be honest and say that I, I've seen the experience once before a couple of years ago, um, and uh, I, I initially chose the right-wing experience, but I was always, it, it's always, I think, the idea of seeing how another person might fear you mm-hmm. is an important and fascinating one. So in a way, I think that that, you know, making that choice and wanting to see that speaks to, again, the entire empathy experiment that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that is that the same for you, Teak? Is that why you were attracted to? Um, yeah, I wanted to see what um, the violence that would ensue, um, and uh, yeah, I. You saw it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So 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 BJ and I were in the right wing. Oh no, no. Lauren and I were in the right wing, and BJ and Teak were in in the left in the left wing version of the experiment. Um, so so. You know, with, again, without giving too much away, this was a very immersive experience. They, we, we started off by putting a, a ski mask with just eye holes over our heads and then an Oculus Go on our faces. So our faces are completely covered and, and we have the experience of feeling a little bit muffled. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, we're asked to kneel and, and stand at certain points and we're inside of a, a cage, uh, presumably as a political prisoner of the other side. Um, so maybe just quick thoughts, you know, uh, was there a part of the experience that, um, you found particularly impactful? Like, was there a part where you actually did feel that, you know, it gave you new insight into what it might be to be a political prisoner? Actually, I was in jail last summer. So I feel like I was a political prisoner because I was live streaming the poor people's, uh, campaign disruption of the California state Senate. And they targeted me before they even arrested the protesters, even though I was just standing there silently holding this camera. They came after you? Yeah. Why do you think they came after you? Because I was streaming it. Mm. And so that's what they do. They go after journalists and whistleblowers, and that's what we're in. And it's not just the right wing. Obama prosecuted more journalists and whistleblowers under the Espionage Act than all the presidents before combined. 
So that's where we're, we're living in a police state right now, whether it's left wing or right wing. And my experience in there was that it wasn't that bad. I was expecting it to be worse because we know what our government has done in Abu Ghraib, what our government has done in Guantanamo, what our d- government is doing right now in the detention centers. That's a good point. So that's really interesting. You know, as somebody who has felt, you know, their freedom being stolen from them for just, you know, practicing their, their civil rights, um, what was there any, did you get any flashback to that experience or was it just a completely different different it was pretty different i mean we were in handcuffs sitting in a chp office for about four hours but it was a brightly lit office and they were pretty nice to us i mean there were a a half a dozen pastors that were arrested Mm -hmm. and then in the holding cell we were all sitting there doing our yoga exercises and singing civil rights songs so it was different sure sure in this case we were in a dirty well like i can't speak to everyone's experience and i was a dirty jail cell um you know similar Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I imagine that probably the signage was different. And I think that's right. And then, well, as you've seen both, right? So. Right. It's been a long time. So my, my, it's the the core experience of having your rights stripped away, which I think is part of the point, is is identical. But the jargon that you hear people exchanging and the signage, so that the 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 and it's again, I think it's an interesting experiment into how our brains react to buzzwords and things that we have come to associate with enemies or friends and and as someone is um physically <coughs> assaulting you because caging someone is a physical assault there's no way around it that <coughs> the language that they say and how it how it impacts you is it's it's an interesting experiment to see it both ways but the core experience yeah it's a dirty prison cell you have a sack over your head you don't know where you are and yeah um and i one of the things i mean the, the question that you asked about uh, just initial reactions. I found that the I find that the most effective moments um, in a piece like this are the quietest moments that are the least about the violence, in a sense, because they're about the mundanity of you know. There's a moment where we actually are with a guard. He's coming in and being like, "Oh, are we using anything now?" And th- that moment of "Oh, this is a regular thing in life" becomes very palpable um, in a moment like that. And I think that one of the lessons that I've learned in working with VR is that. There's this, this thing my partner and I talk about, the pinch and the ouch, and the idea that without somebody to, you know, like the idea that someone can pinch you, and the response will either be like, ow, not a big deal, or ow, and it's exactly the same pinch. The only thing that we know is the reaction. And uh, having, um, since we don't physically feel the pain, and we don't physically feel these things, seeing the moments that were most effective to me were when there was another prisoner whose face was revealed, and he was clearly suffering, and he was right there, and you register that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that again, it's the moments where it feels the most mundane and just m- this is going to last forever are the most mm-hmm. profound. That stillness kind yeah. of uh, just like emphasized the imprisonment. And I think that for me, go just like before we even put a headset on and like putting the mask on and being like uh, shackled. Yeah, my yeah. arms were tied together. It really was like uh, it forced. Like I already feel that way when I put on a headset. Like because you're kind of contained um, and imprisoned and like in your own mind. And so it was emphasized by that. And then I'm suddenly in this van um, with like traveling. And it, yeah. I think that um, I think I think for me the. Mo- 
the moment was was like being having my arms constrained. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I, I am someone who has get scared easily and I get nervous easily and mm-hmm. so I did have the experience of being inside this going why did I choose to do this, this <laughs> yeah morning? exactly right, right, right. you know what I mean yeah. it was it was I was I was actually relieved that it didn't get more violent or more scary yeah. because me too the, the thing about VR is that it actually does affect our neural pathways mm-hmm. as if we are having a real experience and now of course our brain knows the difference while we're in it we don't think we're in another reality but later when we reflect back on that experience it, it sits in our mind like a memory Mm-hmm. And so I was a little nervous that uh, that it was going to be more violent or more traumatic. Same. And I feel like they kind of spared us, like as, as Lauren said, spared us maybe some of the, the true atrocities of mm-hmm. somebody who was actually in, in this kind of a situation. Well, I'll tell you, this was the first time I've ever done a vir- virtual reality experience. Oh, wow. Oh, mm. So, oh, yeah. Because wow. so, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a professional like <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah. But this was literally the first time I've ever done that. And so... Um, I thought, yes, you got the visual sense of being somewhere, but as far as the entire experience, it doesn't really compare. And I'll just give you an example, because when I was arrested in um, the Capitol last year, uh, they put my arms behind me, and because I wasn't planning to be arrested, I had a heavy bag, and um, it was pulling down my arms and causing my circulation to be cut off. And I remember, like, screaming out, you know, this is, you know, I can't, my, I felt like, and I know this is really stupid to say, you know, white privileged person that I am, but I, I kind of empathized with how Eric Garner must have felt sure. when he said, I can't breathe, because I was literally feeling my circulation being cut off. And the guy said to me, you know, well, maybe you shouldn't get arrested next time. Mm-hmm. That's exactly his response to me. And I just thought, oh, my God, you know. Right. So this is what well, I... Yeah, I mean, to in all fairness, though, if I had gone in there this morning and they had actually cut off my circulation and given me right. a true experience, I would have I would have been upset. You know, right, I would have been, I would have said that, 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 you know, like that's too much. Now, granted, I could see a future where maybe VR does get to that level of realism. And with if you consent to what you're about to watch and they let you know that it's it might be scary, it might be traumatic, but they're trying to give you a truly authentic experience, you know, perhaps. But if I had but if I had gone in and I had felt like it was you know, too real, I, I would have been like, hey, guys, it's Saturday morning at the right. Infinity Festival. Can, yeah. we, can yeah. we take it back a notch? Right. Um, and I, I mean, yeah. and that we will run So it's like a hint. It's like a hint of yeah. what, it, what, it, what it might have felt And like. I mean, as soon as VR gets to whatever technological point we're talking about, we're going to have real problems in terms of, I mean, can you consent to being traumatized? Because you never, you don't know until you're traumatized mm-hmm. that... A, what a trauma does to your brain. It's <laughs> true. And so, like, the idea of pre-consenting to something that you can't understand, that there's research on saying this isn't a good idea, I, right. legally well, speaking, like, I don't, you know, so I, I think it's, I mean, but uh, on the pinch in the ouch thing, again, like, I keep coming back to that, but, like, it, it, uh, a moment like what you were experiencing, I think it's that kind of granular detail that, like, makes an experience, like, really hit home. And if somebody had been sitting next to someone, to us, saying... I my I can't I can't my arm I don't have circulation I don't have circulation they kept saying that throughout the experience mm-hmm. uh, I think we can get a hint of it but again the hint doesn't come from VR it comes from storytelling in that sense that it's mm-hmm. you have to there has to be someone sharing the experience with you because you can't feel it physically so we have to see someone else feeling it physically yeah um, yeah and I think there's some of that in this but like a you know the mm-hmm. one of the one of the moments so, so I did feel you know I was really trying to get into it and and imagine that I truly was in this situation and asking myself questions like, you know, how would I, how would I 
cope with being in a cage and having my freedom stripped from me. And uh, and I'll tell you the part that really where I thought, oh man, this w- was when they played the music. Did you guys yeah. have music too when they start yeah. playing like you know yeah. cr- heavy metal, heavy metal music? <laughs> I mean, I once I once had to suffer through a day at Burning Man that yeah. was punk rock Wednesday, yeah. and it was literally like the hardest day of of the <laughs> festival for me. So the idea that I not only would be trapped in this disgusting cage, but then have to be subjected to mm-hmm. you know like really intense and annoying music to me. At, at least, least it wasn't Baby Shark. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you know what I thought? And was I thought I would go. This does seem terrible. Oh, this yeah. really does seem terrible. I know. Yeah. They did that at Abu Ghraib. And, but yeah. that was just mild, you know, compared to what they did yeah. do. I was thinking that when I was in there. Like, if the music is the worst of it, I could live with that. One thing that I thought, you know, for the filmmaker is that uh, having participated in Occupy, I don't think our left-wing activists were so compliant with authority. I mean, these guys were pretty compliant. They were doing what they said, and they weren't mouthing off very much. And I can tell you, um, occupiers, you know, mouthed off at the police. They had this little game where they took a stick with donuts, and they dangled them. I thought it was pretty immature, actually. (laughs) But... um, it's just like that is not left wing. That's not how left wingers act. I don't think it's how anybody would. I mean, but then again, so I well, had the same thought. I thought, I thought, wow. I think if I would think that these political prisoners would be fighting back more. However, we don't yeah. know at what point we are we are stepping into yeah. this experience. Right. Have we been here a month? Have they already, you know, tortured us to the point where we have just kind of fallen into submission? So, I, I kind true. of thought that I thought the same thing. Now. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting. Yeah. Like I, the the thought experiment of of that in the sense that uh, I remember one of my favorite books in college was The Handmaid's Tale. It's, you know, absolute genius. Seeing the, there's a more, uh, somehow between the novel, maybe it's how I read it, I think it's how it's written, I hope, but like, that, it, that, that seems set w- in a period where people have become inured. And there, it's, it's very much more people are broken and have to f- refine their strength. The television show feels very different because it feels like it's still in that moment where people would be mouthing off and mm-hmm. mouthing back. And yeah, I mean, I can see. I I just took that to mean that we are, we've been here for a decade, mm. rather than it being you know like people rounded up who are used mm-hmm. to having their freedoms. I don't. Yeah. yeah, that was how I took it. Yeah. So so for for the the lefties who did the the left wing experience, did it open your eyes to a potential you know perversion of the ideals that you currently are? are holding I mean uh, to me it, it it had more of the impact of uh, again it's just that idea of the, the connection between because I mean it's it's an abstract experience of just yeah. being imprisoned so I mean yeah. it's it's an interesting thought experiment to hear words that are not um, what you'd expect to hear in that situation from your political leaning said but I wouldn't say that I mean it doesn't Again, I don't. Th- I, it doesn't. The piece doesn't aspire to show mm-hmm. how the actual political activity would happen or how this would develop. Exactly. I think it's just an emotional punch thing, and it, I mean, it's it's an interesting experience. It's the feeling of imprisonment, but I can't say that I like. It's changed my perspective on you know, like um, mostly because it's uh, yeah. It, it was I was fixated more on like what the sensation of. Um, it felt like, but yeah, I I can't say it did. Who would you want to see this piece? I mean, I have to imagine that for the most part, we are a little bit the choir getting pre- preached to right. a bit. You know, I, I think that we all are, you know, 
pretty adamantly against, you know, the imprisoning of, of innocent people. And, exactly. And, and so I'd be curious, you know, who do you think this piece getting shown to might actually translate into a change of heart or mind? ICE officers, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I disagree. ICE officers are seeing this experience daily mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. detention centers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as, as is the entire country. I right. mean, mm-hmm. um, it just I, it boggled my mind when I saw a live stream of Jeff Merkley, who is a U.S. senator from Oregon, outside one of these detention centers trying to get in. They wouldn't even let him in. I mean, this guy is a senator. And it just shows how much, and I'm going to use a word that the alt-right uses, but actually the left wing used it first. I saw it on Bill Moyers. It just shows how powerful the deep state is. I mean, this is the permanent government. These elected officials are just kind of clowns that come through. And, you know, even Obama tried to close Guantanamo. Even Obama tried to stop these wars. And... And, and, and no, he got, you know... But he got, he got stopped by Republicans who are not the deep state. There was a political decision that they didn't want those people in their districts. There was a political vote. I, don't, I, I disagree with you on the deep state completely. But well, watch Bill Moyers, uh, yeah. The Anatomy of a Deep State okay. from 2013. And you'll see Mike Lofgren, who was uh, a staffer with a congressional um, committee, I forget which one, talks about it. And really, you can just use the term permanent government if deep state is too alt-right for you. But it's just the military-industrial intelligence complex backed by Wall Street that kind of runs things. It's not the kind of deep state that they're talking about right now. Yeah, I think it's dangerous terminology, but yeah. So well, because it's been reclaimed well, by, like, by people I, we don't agree with. Well, I, I also, I just think, well, I mean, we need to talk about this. No, no, I, 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 I go for it, no, guys. I mean, this, is the, this is the forum to get I heavy. just think it's dangerous because it, it, it expresses a, a disdain for a, a, a contentless matter. You're saying that there's there's an evil force out there and it's it's evil but like I'm not going to tell you what it believes. It's just what I, I mean and No, 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 no. I mean it's a permanent war economy. I mean any peace activist we use this terminology permanent wars. I mean we're in well, permanent wars sure. because it makes money for the military industrial and now we can add intelligence complex. The Washington Post who I don't consider to be a left-wing paper at all run by Jeff Bezos who has a 600 million dollar contract with the CIA. The Washington Post Posted a series during Obama that showed how 700,000 people were employed in intelligence around the three-state area around Washington D.C. and right. yet still they could not predict 9/11. Again, that's so. In what sense is that showing how powerful the deep state is? It was now it's incompetent, the deep state? Well, no. Look at Read Confidence Men by Ron Suskind. He had unparalleled access to Obama's first two years. He was in the situation room. He was in cabinet meetings when Obama was trying to say, we got to ramp down these wars, and he was given every single reason why we can't ramp down these wars. It's just too powerful. It's why the fossil fuel industry is so powerful. It's why big media is so powerful. I mean, look what's happened to net neutrality. We activists pressured Obama, finally, to institute net neutrality rules. And then as soon as Trump comes in, he puts in Ajit Pai, who used to be a lawyer for Comcast, mm-hmm. or Verizon, I'm sorry. And, um, and all of a sudden, the net neutrality rules are eliminated. 
Trump has put in to his government all of these um, into the regulatory agencies, people from the industries that they were supposed to be regulating. I mean, it's a total what they I, call. I yeah. agree completely with everything you said, and I don't think it relates to something called the deep state at all. We all elected right. Obama. <laughs> well, I mean, we elected <laughs> yeah, Trump. Yeah. He did something that was open and clear. What? He, he put in a, I mean, there was an elected official who put in a person who is objectionable. In what sense? Where's the deep state in that? Okay, that's not about the deep state. That's okay, about well that's, that's what, what I'm okay. saying is. But I, but I, I know, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking over there. I'm just shrugging. I'm like, guys, I've lost control of I the know, panel. I know, no, no. But, but, I, I, but, I, but I actually think but it's a healthy debate, and it's interesting, right. you know, that that even on a even on a panel with people who kind of subscribe as less left yeah, wingers, we're, we're, yeah. we're still all pretty lefty. They're still, but um, there's a difference between liberals and progressives. There really is, and like people who are liberals, in my opinion, watch Rachel Maddow. You know, okay. I can't even watch Rachel Maddow anymore because she's been screaming about this bullshit Russia gay. Excuse me, can I say that? Okay. On well, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, for, you know, three years now. Right. And the Mueller report really proved that there was no collusion. Okay. <laughs> Let's well, move back to this. See, this no. Well, look, I, you know, That's at the end of the day. Of it isn't. If the it Mueller is. report proved no collusion no, to didn't. hack the election. It, it, it approved okay. obstruction of justice. Yes. Because but that's not. What does obstruction of justice do? It makes it harder to prove something. Mm. So it proved that they couldn't prove it in a way that he thought was sufficient. It didn't prove it didn't happen. They didn't prove the negative. Do That's you think a it's a good idea that we thing. have a new Cold War with Russia, a country, a nuclear power that we should be getting Again, along with? you keep you changing topics. Well, no, it's all related. Look, Obama tried to have... Is this the deep state? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got it. But, like, so, anyway, we've got... I mean, we well, have look, to talk v- about VR. I was going to say, well, look, at the end of the day, if VR can spark a healthy debate, exactly. then I think it's done its work. Absolutely. And I think that the, the point of showing both sides of this was that it's not about sides it's about humanity right and right. and that we should think about the way we're treating other humans and um and i mean look how we're treating julian assange do you think he's a hero i don't think that's the topic right now and I'm, I, we got to so stay on is vr the topic but he isn't oh we're supposed to be talking about vr or well are we supposed to be talking about the content of i thought we we're talking the v- about the impact of vr well we're talking about a lot of things and i yeah. think that they're all worthy conversation topics yes. i mean we're we only have a couple of minutes left so okay. i guess you know if I guess, what would be your, your final thoughts on whether VR can make an impact on, you know, someone's political point of view or, or, or their, do you think that it, you know, this or pieces like this could actually change somebody's, you know, mind when it comes to, to how they feel on a certain issue? Well, I think I'm a bad person to ask because my actual real experience was yeah. more uh, frightening than this virtual experience. Well, and, and, and it's cool to have you commenting on that because I'm pretty sure, well, I don't have any experience of getting arrested. Do you, do you too? I don't. I'm yes. not arrested. Yeah. So that was I've had <laughs> some run-ins with police officers yeah. that were yeah. uncomfortable yeah. and made me... So for you, did it give you a little bit, a little bit maybe more insight or, or did you find it to be you know, too, too, too much of a kind of art piece to, to be able to believe that... You were you were in it. I, My experience of being arrested was much more frightening. Oh, okay. We got another another. Look at these two badasses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I like it was interesting. Okay, so if we're actually talking about the actual experience, there's a combination of immersive theater with the the immersive video, you know, 360 video, um, and in that sense, like if we're talking about like what was the effect of those layers coming together and do I feel like it changed my perspective? It showed me another perspective in many 
different ways, not only just politically, but um, visually from the perspective of the camera, the perspective of the security, the the perspective of, you know, the prisoners. Um, But I can't say that it... um, it gave me a clear view, you know, like I can imagine that a gun owner being imprisoned is like they are in a cage, but I can't say that it it changed my political outcome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Been, we got we got one minute okay. left, so we're gonna have to wrap it up. Final yeah. thoughts? Uh, I I don't think the aim was to change your political thinking because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't there wasn't no description of the political thought behind these yeah. movements here. I think it was meant to be a, a shot across the bow for everyone to emotionally think about how far things can go regardless of ideology and to see that, you know, I think the 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 the, sus- the suspicion and feeling of the filmmakers themselves that states go here a lot. Yeah. And we can go here and we are so divided right now that we could get there and that's the warning. Let's not get there. Let's not get there. All right. Well, that's it for this panel. Thanks for joining us this morning. All right.